When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to a special draft day edition of Orange and Brown Talk Podcast. I am Dan Lobby and joining me via phone is Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, we are finally there. How are you holding up? Well, it's been a long time coming. I can't wait for this to get rolling. There's so much intrigue and drama. And, you know, I mean, even at this point, we still really don't know what's going to happen at number one and number four. For So lots of excitement going on. Yeah, and I mean, it seems to be kind of how John Dorsey wants it. He doesn't really want anyone to know anything at this point. So a, a lot of mystery around these picks. And, you know, the thing about it, it's going to be 8 o'clock tomorrow. And by, you know, about 8.10, we're going to have the first pick in the books by around 8.40, maybe 8.50. The number four pick will either be traded or, or used. Uh, I mean, we've built up for this so long, and then it's going to be over pretty quickly tomorrow. Or uh, on Thursday, I should say. Well, you say that, and then... Yeah, who knows? <laughs> and then they can trade back up into the back of the first round and take an offensive tackle or a running back or something. So uh, so I don't think that we can say the night is over until it really is over. Uh, but again, that just lends to the drama. Okay, so let's talk about the number one pick and, and the quarterback position. Um, you posted this morning, on Wednesday morning, uh, that it's it's... Baker Mayfield is very much in the mix, uh, down to Baker and Josh Allen. I mean, I mean, is that kind of where we're at? Well, that's the latest that I've been able to gather. And again, uh, you, you have to take a lot of what you're hearing at this time of year with a grain of salt. But that's the best I was able to come up with uh, that I really sort of felt like was accurate information. Uh, again, you know, maybe they'll surprise me and still go ahead and take a Sam Darnold, but I kind of heard that it was sort of either down to one of those two guys, and um, and you know we'll find out for sure again tomorrow night. We're taping this on Wednesday night, yeah, and everything could change by Thursday morning. But exactly. Um, but as of you know, as of Wednesday, you know, when we're taping this at six ten, uh, that was the the best information that I felt I could come by uh, was that it was going to be either. Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield at number one. And I was just talking to somebody about that, and they were like, well, wait a minute. Those guys are so opposite. How could it be one of those two guys? And, um, you know, I, I do understand that, but, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily, uh, you know, I mean, I think they're looking for a guy with a good arm, some mobility, good processing speed, and I think both of those guys fit those categories. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's really fascinating that one of those two guys is not Sam Darnold now. You know, again, who knows? Like, like we said off the top, nobody really knows anything. You kind of take all this information with a grain of salt. Um, you know, but it's, it's a little strange if it does kind of ultimately come down to Baker and, and Josh Allen because it has felt like Sam Darnold, I mean, going back even before John Dorsey was here, it felt like Sam Darnold was, you know, one of the targets. Maybe he was the guy, even after Dorsey got hired, that was still kind of what was out there. Um, what's changed, do you think? 
Well, you know what? And I was going to write this, and if I get around to it, but I'm just running out of time to write some of these stories that I wanted to write. I feel like I still have six or seven things in the bank here that I haven't even gotten around to. Um, But one of the things that I had been hearing a little bit about Sam Darnold was that, you know, when he got up onto the whiteboard, which is a place that can sometimes separate the men from the boys, that it didn't necessarily go quite as well as some teams hoped that it would. And, you know, I think that that does make a difference. He's only 20 years old. He has only started for one year in high school, one full year in high school, one full year in college. So it would stand to reason that he's not going to be able to process and understand things the way that some other guys have at this point. But that doesn't mean he can't learn that stuff. And if they look at it like, you know what, he's going to sit for one solid year, at least anyways, behind Tyrod Taylor. You know, if he has what it takes from a physical standpoint, you know, he can learn some of that other stuff. So, again, I don't know if you can rule him out. But if, if he doesn't end up the Browns' number one overall pick, I think that's something that we can look back to and think maybe that was it. So th- this is why I have trouble buying into Baker Mayfield. And you and I have both talked that it wouldn't surprise us if they took Baker Mayfield. But what the thing I have trouble buying into is they've kind of intentionally built a situation where you have, where the rookie's going to come in and sit. Tyrod Taylor's your starter. If you draft Baker Mayfield, we know that you know, he said at the Combine he, he doesn't want to sit behind anyone. He's also 23. You know, Sam Darnold is 20. Um, how old is Josh Allen? I, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he's I think he's 21 right now. Okay, he's 21. I, I believe Josh Rosen is 20. Maybe he's turned 21. Um, I, I don't know the ages off the top of my head, but they're all around the same age. Baker's 23. Um, th- doesn't really feel like he wants to sit. Uh, that would maybe go against what we've seen up to this point in the in building this quarterback room. Well, I actually do think that that is significant. I mean, he's 23 right now. Um, Let me look up exactly when his birthday is and when he would be turning 24, uh, if I can try to do that real quick. But uh, you're right about that. If you're going to be sitting and you're already 23 um, and you're not going to be starting until you're, you know, 24, maybe almost 25 years old, I think that does factor into the equation. Now, it's probably not a deal breaker if you really like him that much, but I do think there's something to be said for if you're going to redshirt a guy that you would want him to be a little bit younger. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, so I I actually just looked it up too. Um, Baker just turned 23 uh, on April 14th. Josh Allen turned uh, turns 22 in May. Uh, Josh Rosen turned 21 in February. And then, of course, we know that Sam Darnold is uh, the the youngest of the bunch. I think he would be the youngest. I think I saw somewhere he would be the youngest first-round quarterback ever taken in the NFL draft. Um, I'm putting his name in here now. So he turns 21 in June. Um, So he hasn't even turned 21 yet. But, yeah, I mean, if you're bringing in Baker Mayfield, I I think it definitely puts in play what Hugh Jackson wants to avoid and, and I think what John Dorsey wants to avoid, and that's... You know, having a, a real competition and, and having a rookie that's going to push uh, the guy you brought in to start. I, th- I think it's tough to avoid that if you bring in Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, there's so many reasons why I find it hard to believe that they would draft Baker Mayfield number one overall, including some of those comparisons to Johnny Manziel, the fact that he's only six foot tall, uh, the fact that he came out of the air raid. Uh, there's There's a lot of reasons that lead me to believe, would they really, really do this? But... You know, I've been hearing, you know, buzz that they would. 
and that, you know, that he is legitimately in the conversation. In fact, when I was uh, watching, and I put this in one of my posts, Steve Weich uh, from NFL Network, who's embedded in Berea, was asked his best guess about who they would take at number one overall, and he threw Baker Mayfield out there. And I think there are a lot of people in the league that are starting to feel that way. Now, maybe that's a smokescreen. Maybe they're trying to get the Jets to move up to number one. So I'm not really sure, but I don't know. And and you and I have, have talked about this so many times, Dan, but <laughs> for my money, you know, if I'm walking out of the quarterback lab, I have created a big, strong, tall, fast, mobile, smart quarterback. And that, to me, that says Josh Allen. It says Josh Allen, perhaps. I mean, Sam Darnold fits that mold. That's obviously the, the guy that I've, I've liked there. Um, you know, Baker would be, listen, there's risk involved with Baker. Cause again, we don't know how those maturity issues we saw at Oklahoma are going to translate to the pros. When you give a guy, you know, all of a sudden guaranteed millions of dollars, you don't know how that stuff is going to translate. And that, I mean, that could have a negative effect on anyone. And if you're someone that has shown those sorts of issues in the past, you know, it, it, it doesn't help when somebody hands you a check with a ton of guaranteed money. Um, and, and the other thing is, the flip side of that is, maybe you like his competitiveness. Maybe, maybe that's just what this franchise needs. Maybe maybe Hugh Jackson would, would really like that kind of competitiveness and, and, and kind of that fire that, that he brings. He called him, uh, what, the Pied Piper or something at the owners' meetings? I know I know you tweeted out video of that when you were at the owners' meetings. Um, that, that's sort of what Hugh Jackson was impressed by, it sounded like. Yeah, Hugh Jackson was impressed by that. A lot of teams have been impressed by that with Baker Mayfield, and they've also liked what they've seen when he goes up on the whiteboard too. I mean, he, uh, you know, he's got good football vision, and he can process things very well. He's got a lot of games under his belt, whereas some of these other guys don't. I mean, he has started far more games than the other quarterbacks and has a lot more experience. But then you have to ask yourself, you know, has he reached sort of his upside already? Where as a guy like Sam Darnold and a guy like Josh Allen, they haven't played that much football yet. And again, as I said, Sam only played uh, two full years of, of football so far. So he has tremendous, tremendous growth potential. Um, so it's it's very difficult to, to figure this all out. But uh, I don't know. I just, oh, one of the stories that I'm trying to write, if I can get to it, hopefully, by either tonight or tomorrow, I talked to Trent Dilfer. Uh, former Browns quarterback, and he's an analyst and works with all has worked with all kinds of quarterbacks in the Elite Eleven, and is now doing you know a deep dive and breaking down quarterbacks for Soul and Science that you might be seeing on NFL Network. We talked about most of the quarterbacks, and we talked when we talked about Baker Mayfield. Uh, he basically said that he's sort of a bust or breeze type of proposition. He could end up being Drew Brees. Or he could be a total bust in the NFL. And I find that fascinating. I mean, here you are uh, go heading into it thinking, hmm, this guy could totally flame out once he gets to the NFL. And he says, the thing that I found most interesting, he said that the comparison to Russell Wilson is ridiculous because Russell is such an elite, elite athlete with an elite skill set elite um, processing speed and all those sorts of things. And he, he just does not think he, he thinks that's the most ridiculous comparison he's ever heard. Yeah. You, you know, the, the Russell Wilson stuff. Um, I, I mean, you kind of just compare 
how they performed at the combine um, and and some of those things. It, it doesn't really it doesn't really fly. You know, they're they're about the same size, but um, athletically, um, I'm pulling up the numbers here. I mean, Russell Wilson ran a four five five forty. I think Baker was in the four eights. Um, yep. I, I mean, Russell Wilson just athletically graded out better. Uh, than Baker Mayfield. So, uh, you know, and then, look, Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. So so that was much less risk involved, and it paid off big for the Seahawks because they didn't have to pay him a bunch of money, and they were able to spend a bunch of money around him. Um, But, you know, it would be a bigger gamble with a guy like Baker if if you don't think that floor is, you know, if he could be, like like Trent Dilfer said, if, if you think he's got huge bust potential, that makes that a riskier pick than when Seattle brought in Wilson. Yeah, I mean, he, he basically said that. He said, you know, are you going to be able on a 6-0 quarterback with 4-8 speed? Or actually, that might have been Chris Sims. I talked to Chris Sims today, too, another former NFL quarterback and an analyst for Bleacher Report. And uh, and he, he was saying, you know, with Baker, you know, are you really going to do that at number one overall? Yes, he can be successful in the league. But to take a guy without elite credentials, and a lot of people cite that second half against Georgia, where you know where he just did not look like a number one overall pick against a really really good team like that and top level competition, he sort of came back to the pack and looked like a mere mortal. So you really have to think long and hard about taking a six foot quarterback with four eight speed. And I've been, I've even watched more of his games. I watched Ohio State last night because I remember, you know, Doug LaMaurice at our event that we did the other yeah. night at the Music Box Supper Club just talking about how he tore up Ohio State's defense. And I, I, I went and watched that game again, and it was just almost like Ohio State's defense just really wasn't ready just for the, the little spread air raid offense. I mean, it's just they were leaving wide open holes. You know, it was... It was really interesting to watch that game, but a lot of those passes were shorter passes that, you know, just get the ball out of your hand quickly and into the hand of a playmaker. And I just don't know if, you know, if that's going to fly in the NFL. And maybe it will. You know, maybe it will. Maybe he'll be amazing. Maybe maybe that kind of offense that he can succeed in, maybe the Browns will decide that's the kind of offense they're going to run. And we've talked about this before, you know, from a, a size and everything standpoint, he's got a lot of Tyrod Taylor to him, you know, just at least from stature. So, you know, maybe they do that, have that in mind. I, I don't know, but uh, gosh, I, I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's hard to believe that they would draft Baker Mayfield, but I, I could, I could see it coming too. It sounds like, it sounds like you're not quite the believer in, in Baker Mayfield. I, I, I'm not one of the like you have to take Baker at number one guys, but but I think he's got a chance. I, I think he's got a chance, and you know, to play devil's advocate, Sam Darn. We have the Sam Darnold Ohio State game, which, which wasn't great. Although a lot of people look at that and say, you know, if you look what he was dealing with from his offensive line, you know, he actually ended up playing fairly well in that game, especially in the second half. Um, and the other thing is, you know, I think that's an interesting thing about Baker and Ohio State. That was what, week two? I believe that was early in the season. And it took Ohio State a little while to kind of find their sea legs a little bit. And they had a month to prepare for Sam Darnold. So it's not really a complete apples to apples comparison. Um, but it, it, it is something to at least consider. Yeah, definitely something to consider. Uh, so, 
And, you know, if it if it ends up being true that it did come down to, in the end, that the finalists were Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, you've got uh, one quarterback who has a ton of moxie. He's a playmaker. He's a leader. I'm talking about Baker Mayfield. But yet you have the height issue and you have the character concerns because I don't think those can be ruled out. I think that uh, I think that John Dorsey doesn't seem to think that those are deal breakers. We know Scott McLuhan loves Baker Mayfield. Uh, we've heard lots of people inside the building rave about him. But you've got one guy that's six foot tall and, again, with that kind of, you know, average speed and average, above average athletic ability compared to uh, Josh Allen, who has accuracy issues that some people, that really scares off some people. And, you know, there are a lot of, plenty of people including how many times have we heard Jack Hugh Jackson talk about accuracy? Yeah. Accuracy, accuracy, right? Yeah. And, and that's why I'm sort of surprised if it is true that it came down to those two guys and what did happen to, you know, even a Sam Darnold in this situation. So it, it's, this is a tough call, I think. I really do. Well, I mean, it scares me. Uh, I'll be honest with you. The accuracy scares me. And, you know, we talk about the bust potential of Baker Mayfield. Josh Allen has that, that, steep of a bus potential as well you know he yep. could he could be you know he could come to the the nfl and have that all figured out and be absolutely amazing or he could be a disaster uh, because we've seen guys um we, we've seen guys come in with the kind of hype that josh allen has had and then you know two years later they're looking for work they're not in the nfl anymore and that would be you know that would be a disaster too yeah, and even though he has some of the physical skills that we've seen in a Ben Roethlisberger and a Carson Wentz, the thing that set Carson Wentz apart from everybody else and continues to was his absolutely off-the-charts processing speed, his intelligence, his football IQ, and acumen. Now, when I did talk to Trent Dilfer about that, he said, that is nurture, not nature. He said, "You're not. you don't come out of the womb knowing a bunch of football and a bunch of football plays. He said that comes from learning and studying and watching and all those sorts of things. And I do believe that to a certain extent, although there is also that God-given vision. And that's something that I talked to T. Martin about, the offensive coordinator of USC. There's just that vision that you have, that point guard type uh, vision on the football field where you can see things that other people can't see and you can see them very quickly. And people rave about Baker's vision. Um, What we don't really know is what Josh Allen's vision is like that. You know, I mean, I think that's one place where it's been sort of hard to get a handle on that. But from from the people that I've talked to, they don't put him in the same class as Carson Wentz when it comes to just that whole off-the-charts intelligence. Yeah, it's... um... Yeah, I'm real curious about this quarterback class because it's been touted as a really good one and a lot of really great quarterbacks. Um, but I wonder why, I guess a part of me wonders, like, are all four of these guys really good? Or are all four of these guys carrying such big question marks that maybe this quarterback class isn't going to be as good? I, I There's no shoo-in at that position at the NFL. And it, it just, I, I don't think any of these guys are sure things. And the Browns are in a position to get the, the guy. They've just got to figure out which one it is but between now and they probably already have it at this point i would or they're very close to it by the time we're recording this at about six thirty on uh on wednesday night if they don't have it well, figured out they've got to be close and well, hopefully they get the right steve, guy steve white who is embedded again in uh, berea 
the NFL Network reporter, he, he reported that they have settled on their guy, that they know who it is, that Hugh Jackson knows who it is, that Jimmy Haslam has signed off on it, that they've the hay is basically in the barn is is what it seems like. So um, they have their guy, and at this point they must feel really good about it because, you know, obviously, well, if they didn't, they still have all the way up until 8 o'clock tomorrow night to, to haggle it and to go over it to, to give it some more debate but apparently they have arrived at their guy I don't know how they did it because <laughs> I, I think it's really really hard to do I, it wasn't it wouldn't have been hard for me in 2016 because there was no doubt in my mind that Carson Wentz was the guy that year I liked him better than Jared Goff I, I watched him at the senior bowl I could see uh, you know, just the way the ball came out of the hand, the way the footwork was, the decision-making, and then I watched, you know, plenty of his games, and he did dominate at that level. And uh, so that one, in my mind, at least, was a no-brainer, but it's not like that this time around at all. I mean, even though I've been touting Josh Allen, you know, I do have the same concerns that other people have. I really do. Uh, you know, it's definitely not a slam dunk that, that he, like you said, that he's going to be successful in the NFL just because, you know, that you could plug all those things into a computer and it spits out, you know, a Josh Allen. Uh, so I, you know, I don't know. This is, this is one of the tougher decisions I think the Browns will have have to make in years. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be fun. Finally, uh, you know, draft day is, is here. Um, like I said, we're, we're recording this here Wednesday night. Um, I'm going to get it posted here as quickly as possible. So hopefully by the time you hear this, there hasn't been some huge trade down or, or something like that. But um, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Browns do at number one. What happens with the number four pick? I know you, you and I both uh, would like to see them take Bradley Chubb. It'll be very, you know, the Giants kind of control things as far as the number four pick is concerned and, and what they do there. Um, but we are we are in for an interesting night on Thursday night. Yeah, like you said, we would go Chubb there, but now you're seeing uh, reports that maybe even the Giants would take Chubb at number two, like you said. So, you know, who knows who's going to be there at number four. If he's not there at number four, I would trade the pick. I would trade the pick because I think you have to get a seven-time Pro Bowler if you're going to uh, take somebody that high. I would go back. And, and try to pick up another first-round pick for next year. Like you said, I mean, what would a Browns draft be without a couple of first-round <laughs> picks? Um, so I would definitely be open to that. And NFL Network is reporting that there has been plenty of interest already or plenty of discussion about the number four pick. And somewhere, Sashi Brown will pump his fist or something like that because if they trade the number four pick and they get a pick next year, the Carson Wentz trade will live on uh, as opposed to wrapping up with the number 64 pick this year. So... <laughs> The longer uh, they can drag out the Carson Wentz trade, the better, right? <laughs> well, you know what? We will. By the time it's all said and done, we will be so confused, and we will never <laughs> be able to remember who came from that trade. I keep occasionally trying to do updates on it, but I'm thoroughly confused <laughs> at this point myself. <laughs> Corey Coleman and a bunch of other people. So, yes, and then, and exactly. of course, the, the number four pick. All right, uh, obviously a, a very busy time, but we wanted to try and get something recorded here for all of you because it's been a little while, and of course it is uh, draft day on Thursday. So, uh, Mary Kay, I know you've got a lot to do, so uh, I will uh, I'll let you go, and uh, we will probably do one of these. If we, if we have a chance to Thursday night, it gets late quick, but we'll definitely do one in the next couple days after we kind of get things settled. 
uh, on the first round or two of the draft. Yep, looking forward to it. All right, thanks for listening, everybody.